How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? About as good as you can be, considering our team gagged an opportunity to play two home games and go to the NFC Championship. So, you know, I, I, I will say this. I was not at Disneyland, so at least I didn't jinx us. Brendan Bredman Smith. <laughs> Where can we find Rangers you on X? Hat. Yeah. Where can we find you on X, Mike? Uh, CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. Of course, no episode is complete without the man solely responsible for the Cowboys' wild card crumble, Mr. Brendan. I hate the Cowboys and their fan, Smith. Brendan, how are you? You know what? I'm doing just fine. I started this. I started my next semester for school today, so you know, a little tired after that. But here we are after a brutal, brutal loss with me getting to watch it in person. Do you mm. think you showing up for school will jinx you and you'll get an F on all your grades like you jinxed Dallas? I, that could happen. Honestly, we'll see how it goes, but that could happen. <laughs> all right, Brendan, where can we find you on next so we can all block you? So you can all block me. That's so kind. You can find me at Brendan underscore Smith 26. I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on X at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, the Cowboys season has come to an abrupt end after an embarrassing wildcard loss at home to the Green Bay Packers. That is the third straight playoff victory for the Packers when playing the Cowboys. And with that victory, they now have more playoff wins at AT&T Stadium than the Dallas Cowboys. Aaron Jones gashed Michael Parsons in the Cowboys defense for three touchdowns and over 100 rushing yards. Jordan Love had a perfect passer rating in his first ever playoff start. And Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn were outclassed by the Packers coaching staff. Mike, tell me, did we underestimate the Packers or were the Cowboys overrated this whole time? I think you got, I mean, it's a little of both, of course, but I think you got to go with Cowboys overrated. You know, I'm, I'm doing an article right now for Cowboys Wire, one that I avoided for a full day until I saw Philly lose. But it talks about how Dan Quinn you know, basically gets annihilated by uh, by the Shanahan coaching tree. Everybody uses that uses that motion and and the the Dolphins and um, obviously uh, uh, Green Bay with Lafleur. Um, I think um, if you take away the pick six by Prescott, we they allowed seventy two points in the two uh, matchups to Lafleur last year and this year under Dan Quinn. Um, they allowed like 111 in three games or something like they they just they, that the defense got annihilated when they faced those motions and those those teams that that have the Kyle Shanahan playbook. So, you know, that and then if we go back and look at how um, the offense has performed uh, minus the Tampa Bay game, which maybe is an outlier. But, uh, you know, I always saw it as Niners were really good. And I didn't mind losing to them because I thought they were better teams. But you get annihilated by Green Bay like that. Green Bay, just plain and simple, is not a better team. You had nine all-pros on your team. They don't, I don't think they had a single all-pro. They had no playoff experience. You had you had been there the last few years just under McCarthy, let alone in the Dak era. Dak had gone two other times, I think. Uh, and players on the offensive line had gone. A few defensive players were on that team. So... Yeah, it was um, – we probably overrated them, which we do, unfortunately, too often. Brennan, what about you? Did, did we underestimate the Packers or did we overrate the Cowboys, you think? Oh, 
Well, we had a, we did underestimate, underestimate the Packers, cause, but rightfully so. We said like their team is less talented than ours. It is like Mike said, nine All Pros. Like, are are you kidding me? But I think the team itself. It felt like the Cardinals game. It's like, okay, hey, we're gonna go with like this is honestly my favorite Mike saying is vanilla bullshit. Like we're not gonna show much. We're gonna get ready for Detroit or Tampa or whoever we're gonna play next week. Like, we just gotta make sure don't want anyone to know. And it looks like it. We're doing nothing creative at all. I saw CD Lamb in the backfield once. I guess you can count that as creative. But like nothing happened until the fourth quarter. And guess what? That was against our backups. So like that doesn't mean anything. So yeah, no, we're we're overrated. Easy. You know, I mentioned that the uh, the the Packers have now beat the Cowboys three straight times in the playoffs, and I'm curious. You know, you look at San Francisco being uh, some of Dak's kryptonite. Are the Packers now uh, a team to be considered Dak kryptonite for the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, Brendan? Um, I I guess I would say yeah, just because they fight, they play in bigger moments against Green Bay. But Dak fought his way to beat the try to come back against in 2016, which is the last playoff appearance they've had with the Packers. And then now they just got their. I just would like to see. I would like to see Dak with competent coaching before I say it's truly kryptonite. Dak can do as much as he can, but when everything's going, shit hits the fan. You can't really do anything about it. Mike, what about you? Are the, are the Packers Dak kryptonite along with the with the 49ers? I don't think so because. In, in most of those games, the offense at least at some point performed in the Green Bay games. Like, Dak brought them all the way back after being down 21-3. Um, you know, slow starts, possibly. Even the um, the other Green Bay game, we were up two touchdowns. It was <clears throat> play calling from Moore and, um, and the defense giving up bombs to Christian Watson that killed him last year. Uh, I think the kryptonite if you're going to give Dak a kryptonite, it's they get the defense gives up something right away. And then the pressure gets on Dallas's offense to respond. You have to worry about, is this going to be one of those games or the defense doesn't show he presses, he uh, misses his spots on throws. He'll throw picks. I think that's more kryptonite. I think he, in these big games, he gets too amped up. And then um, if you combine that with bad defense early, it, it spirals. And when they spiral, it just it 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 really spirals like snowball downhill, quicksand. Yeah. Well, you know, Dak's getting a lot of criticism for for Sunday's performance, Mike. How much, if at all, has your opinion on Dak changed after this game? I it can't change too much because. Okay, going into the year, what do we say? He puts together really good regular seasons. Uh, you know, he's he's had his good and bad games against in the playoffs. I guess one thing that could change, could you could say, change is that um, that it's not just playing the Niners. You know, Niners are an elite defense. They shut down Aaron Rodgers. They shut down Hurts this year. Like they shut down great quarterbacks. It's something they've done. Now a bad Green Bay defense, and watch what the Niners do to them this weekend. Watch what Niners do to that Green Bay defense. You know, kind of shut him down in the first half. I don't know if it changes much. I mean, I mean, he has a trend. If if teams can rush for and switch up their schemes with seven-man coverages, typically zone coverages in the back end, um, and the defense doesn't play well, he typically gets off to slow starts. He might have turnovers. 
Um, he, he'll pick it up at the end. You know, he'll at some point get things going. He'll figure shit out. But I, I think that's that's what he is, you know, and, and you, you know, talking about future, you got to decide, like, do you think he, he took another step in the regular season? Do you think he could take another step in the postseason to be that guy? Um, you know, and if not, what do you do, you know, with the cap number and, and it might be easier to get rid of Dak by extending him because of what the cap number is. So, you know, we'll we'll just have to see what happens. But it it didn't change much. Maybe it took me from from man, he's going up to that top tier now. He's an all pro. So back to you know what? He's probably five to ten. He's he's not in that top tier. That that's possible. But that's what I had with him coming into the year. So I don't I don't know overall if it changed too much. Has your opinion on Doc changed at all, Brendan? <laughs> I think I'm going to count it like preaching like mostly the same thing, but when your entire team just plays atrociously, like if Dak had a clean pocket and the wide receivers were wide open, he was just missing them or holding the ball for too long. Then we're having a completely different discussion. Like, dude, you just didn't see the field, but he was cooks in that deep ball. I, I called it. I was there. I told one of the guys sitting there, like, he's like, it's going to be the season. I'm like, nah, this go ball is going to cooks. And it happened. And cooks didn't even try. Uh, you watch the film. Cook's arms don't even move. He's on a different connection from CD land. They didn't get going until the fourth quarter. Like everybody was just off. I, my entire feel of the team changed. I I have a lot less hope going to next year. I'm going to be a lot more pessimistic coming on the podcast and shooting episodes if nothing changes. But other than that, no. What surprised you more yesterday, uh, more on Sunday? Dax play or the defense's play, Brendan? Oh, defense by far. Like Dak, like, like I know, but Dak got going in the end. Defense couldn't stop a nosebleed, dude. At the beginning of the game, Aaron Jones wasn't going where D-Law was making great plays. I even Damone Clark was stealing a gap. I'm like, oh, okay. This is different. We're not going to – okay, third and eight. That's a 15-yard pickup. Oh, that's awesome. And it just kept going. I think the defense they got one stop, I think. It was like one punt or whatever. That's atrocious. Green Bay, all props to you, dude. Y'all played phenomenal. I don't want to discredit you, but – how in the hell do you let a seven seed do that to you? Every home team won this weekend except for Dallas, Bruh. Yeah. Well, Mike, what about you? What surprised you more, Dax play or the defense's play? The the lack of pass rush. Early on, they were getting the third downs, third and eight, third yeah. and nine, third and six. They they could not get to Love. Love was just sitting back there, and when you play zone, they switch from a man concept to a zone concept for this game. And when you sit in, when you let the quarterback sit back there, they're going to pick apart a zone. I don't care if it's their first playoff game or not, if it's Baker Mayfield, if it's Hurts right now. You let Hurts sit back there, and and he's got teammates flipping him off. And if you let him sit back there, he's going to pick you apart. You you can't let quarterbacks in the NFL just sit in in a clean pocket. I mean, I think Parsons had one – uh pressure and we had five total as a team dallas that like the number one pressure team in football like they they gave up six touchdowns on the first seven drives like it was it was shockingly awful um i i can't even say i'm surprised by the poor play of dak early but i'm not like he's done it before he's sometimes it takes him a few 
you know, uh, uh, you know, like by the third drive to get going. This one took them till the fourth to get going. You know, it's like it, it, it didn't like that doesn't shock me. The defense having no pass rush and no answer for Green Bay was was really shocking. Do you think Dak's receiving receiving too much blame for this loss? No, no, shoot, no. He gave him fourteen points. He, he's the the coaching and defense definitely. If you're making a percentage or higher, but Dak definitely gets a high percentage as well. He he did not. People are like, well, you tried to run the ball this and that. I'm like, well, yeah, Dak was what one for seven or something with two picks and a. Like he started off really slow. He gave up a pick in the in the red zone, which was mostly due to to a bad route by Cooks. He didn't he didn't think the ball was coming, so he didn't fight for it. We saw that a lot last year. Dak still threw it, and it was a contested ball, and and so that's at least partly as bad. And the pick six was all on him, and so you're talking that's 14 of their 27 first half points is from two interceptions you got to give him the blame for that. So no, he's getting, he's getting his fair blame from people who are, if you're going into it, looking to blame Dak, you probably give him too much blame, you know, but if you're looking at it as like, why do we lose? Well, the coaching had both had bad game plans on both sides. The defense didn't show up. Dak had a poor start and turned the ball over. Like that is the three big issues. And so if you're fair, you give them part of that blame. If you're coming on going, oh, look, Dak sucked again. Another, you know, shitter by Dak. It's all him. He can't lead us to a win. Then you, you know, then you lost me. You're too far with that. Yeah. What about you, Bernina? Do you think Dak's getting the right amount of blame or too much blame? Uh, Every person on this, besides like two players, every person on this team deserves all the flack that they're getting. Like, there's no like, oh, whip of this. Like, I don't care. The, The game was only in two scores. Okay, cool. You scored against a preseason roster by the end of it. Like, I'm so proud of you. I, no, everybody's getting uh, flack for it. Dak deserves it. Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn deserve it. Everybody, honestly, except for my guy Jake Ferguson. But you know, that's I get I get tiny victories here. Tiny, tiny, tiny victories. Mike, you, you mentioned the uh, the pick six there. This is Jordan had some interesting uh, insight here. Talking about maybe Kurt Warner thought that was bad play design. Have you had a chance to watch the film? What, what are your thoughts on that? No, it absolutely was. But also, Dak was fooled. He, I, I watched the tape too. I'm not Kurt Warner, but you could see that they start off in a cover four set. After the snap, they move to a cover three, and when he moves in that section, Dak doesn't see him, and it's just a a bad throw right to the guy because he didn't read that it switched from a cover four to a cover three. That's what happened. Now. The play design was lazy. It's something they do all the time, but they didn't try to mask it for some reason this game. They just thought they were going to walk in to a playoff game and and run their plays without trying to use motion or, or switch up formations or anything like that. Coaching absolutely is the number one issue with this game. Both sides, absolutely. But Dak missed the, the, the switch from cover four to cover three and threw it right to the guy for a pick six. Like That is Dak's fault. Play call bad, play call all night bad. Also, Dak missed a coverage and threw a pick. So, I mean, you know, you, you even the other one, like it's more, it, that was more about Brandon Cooks, the first one. But it's still Dak, you know, 
look and see if your guy's going to beat him. Like that was tight coverage. You just threw it in there. The guy wasn't running a, a great route and you trust your guy. You're going to throw it. It's a lower percentage of, of his fault, but it's still, it was, you know, you, you got to watch for that stuff. If you're, if you're, if your receiver thinks you're, he's not open. So he's not running it full. Cause he's like, well, you can't throw this. They, they got me, you know, the, the, the corner knows this play, you know, it's not going to work. And it's thrown anyway. You at least got to kind of go, come on. You know, you got to look at it and see the corners there. He's on it. He's covering it. Yeah, Brendan, you, you we, we know that Dak's going to be here at least for 2024. Do you think he's going to be the starting quarterback in 2025? I I think so. Uh, he's he's going to get extended, even though people are like, oh, it's just eight to 60 million. He's going to get extended, and it's going to be probably one of the highest paid contracts in the NFL. And it's going to be a sticker shock. It's going to be on all over national coverage. Like, wow, he doesn't deserve this after what they did. He's going to get paid. It's what's going to happen. I don't see Dallas trying to get rid of it. Because unless they can tank for a top five pick, there's honestly no reason to get rid of Dak. Unless you, like, absolutely fall in love with a quarterback and you want to do everything in your power to suck. He's going to be here. And that's fine. Mike, what about you? Do you think Dak will be the starter in 2025? I do. I think he's going to get extended because they're just they're in a no-win situation, Dallas, with that number. Now, I'll play devil's advocate and I'll say, okay, let's say they want to. They're just like, they're done. Dak's, Dak's not it. They're not. They're going to go to Dak and go, look, we'll give you this, you know, 40-whatever mil, a contract you know he's not going to sign because, right? So they offer him that and they go, okay, we'll just go into the year then with the 60 mil. That means probably you've got a trade tank. For picks because he's got one year left you try to get something for him a third pick maybe a third round pick um you let guys like um like curse uh lewis gilmore um all the guys basically on one year deers tyron you don't bring back you're like all right we're just gonna bring in a rookie or we'll move tyler smith over and re-sign a guy like edoga or put bass in there you know something like that um you know, move around Zach Martin's number, cut Gallup uh, June 1st to get that money. Probably have to get rid of Cooks. I know he's a player option, a team option, um, and they've got him at a good number, but if they want to save money there and just go real young and maybe keep McCarthy and eat it for a year and then flush it out and start over, that is a possibility. But, man, that is a hard – can you imagine them – Selling, hey, we're bringing back the same coach, same starter. Both are lame duck on one years, and we only, and we didn't bring really anybody back, you know. And we got worse losing Gilmore, Tank, and all those guys, you know. They try to make their money off of we re-signed CeeDee Lamb, we re-signed Parsons, you know, we re-signed Osa. They'll try to bring in like, hey, we have this core signed up for the next few years. We just need our coach quarterback, but. Next year, everything's going to be a hard sell unless you do something crazy like get a Bill Belichick, um, you know, get a Jim Harbaugh, you know, something like that. Uh, everything's going to be a hard sell for next regular season. I don't know, man. I kind of think a lot of the fan base would, would be happy to see McCarthy and, and Dak, you know, with some pressure on them only having one-year deals. Yeah, I agree. A lot of them would, but it, a lot of – People aren't going to be buying the sweaters and the hats and the visors and the jerseys going into next year, clearly looking 
like a a you know a team not going for it. Yeah, true, true. Those merchandise sales, I know the Joneses care a lot about that. Uh, you know, Mike, you kind of were touching on this earlier, but when it comes to percentages, defense, Dak, and coaching, uh, put a percentage on blame for each of them. 50% on coaching. They hurt both their defense and Dak. Um, too many second down runs that did nothing, uh, which was frustrating. Uh, a lot of even second and long runs, which I hate. They, they put here's, – here's the thing that they do. They put too much pressure on Dak to be great on third down. And during the regular season, he is. But every time we play one of the better teams, it, it's harder to do that. The teams are better. So it's going to be harder to come up with third, even third and four. Even when you get – you have a good first down play and you're second and four and then you have a no run uh, – a run for no gain and you set up a third and four, you're like, well, Dak's good on third down. Let's go for it. It You can't consistently put your quarterback in that situation because what defenses know is we can fool Dak uh, occasionally post-snap by looking like we're going one way and switching it to another view, changing up a blitz look, you know, making something look obvious and flipping it to total, something totally different. And if Dak's throwing a lot of first downs, a lot of second downs, he gets to see it more. Okay, this is what they're doing here. This I got to look for that. But if you know the first, um, the first uh, uh, drive, run, run, Dak gets fooled, scrambles. Uh, the next one is a a I think an incomplete, a, a short run. It's third and eight, and then they run something. He can't get the first down. We have to punt it. You know, you're already down seven nothing. They come, they get a stop, and then an interception. But it's like. They, they don't set him up to do well in these good games with their play calling. And obviously the defensive play calling was my God. Um, I would say the defense 30% mainly because the pass rush wasn't there. Uh, this defense relies on its pass rush and causing turnovers. When they don't cause turnovers, they don't win games. And they're bad, real bad when they don't cause turnovers. So they would get 30 and then Dak would get 20. Um uh, 14 points off turnovers. Uh, he was like 0 for 4 or 1 for 4 or something like that for 7 yards. He had a pick. Then he gets a pick 6. Like, he was bad too. So, all of them deserve high credit, but that's how I would do it. 50-30-20. How about you, Brendan? About that about right with, with where you have it? or Yeah, I was thinking about like, while Mike was talking about it, I'm making sure in my head like I was going to agree with. Yeah, those are the exact percentages. This game, honestly, more and more I think about it, it's felt like the Arizona game. Like, we came in, okay, we're better. What's up? Like, we're just going to destroy Dak play hero ball. Like, I, of course, watching the game. But seeing, like, watching Dak just run for his life, trying to analyze anything down the field because there's nothing, it's just so sad to watch. Like, you're not putting your – Dak, of course, needs to play better. Like, Mike hit it on the nose on everything. But you can't do anything. You're not set up to win. It's like legit just throwing the kid in a deep end. No, nah, you don't need to know. Like, you tell him to flail his leg. You see him drown. Like, okay, cool. We'll walk away. We tried. That's basically what it was. They just, defense didn't do anything. Coaching set up for failure, but Dak also played atrociously. But I honestly, if what you all have seen on Twitter, I hate the coaches. So I'm all, I'm all on that stuff. Yeah, talking about putting your player in a position to succeed. I mean, you saw what LaFleur did for Jordan Love in that offense. I mean, it's like, can you imagine what that could do with a head coach like that and a scheme like that? I mean, crazy to think about. But uh, 
you know, McCarthy, he's ha- he's won 12 games three years in a row. So it, it's a weird, it's a weird conversation to have. But uh, speaking of McCarthy, Brendan, is he gone? And who would you be, who would be your ideal replacement for McCarthy? Well, I'm like, I'm upset because I, because of course there's either two ways. You either go younger and it's more of a rebuild or you go for the veteran presence. And I was going more towards younger because I'm like, what if you find the next coach? You might not. You might, it's kind of like drafting a quarterback. You can get someone who's awesome or like, dude, this guy's an idiot. Why do we hire him? And you get rid of him in like two years. I was, but it's gonna be older, so I guess Vrabel. Vrabel's honestly the best option. <laughs> Belichick is his ego will hit too hard with Jerry. Jerry's gonna bring him in, thinking everything's everything's gonna be great. He's like, oh wow, I brought in the Hall of Famer, the best head coach of all time, and then they're gonna butt heads, and then they're gonna quietly publicly talk about it, and it's just gonna be a shit show. So, but Vrabel, you bring in a good mentality and all that for the defense, and then give me someone from the San Fran uh, coaching tree for the offensive coordinator. You've seen how it works. It's bring me some money for offensive coordinator from them. I don't care who it could be the water boy. I bet he can call better plays. <laughs> Not a big fan of Brian Schottenheimer, huh? I, that was it's more of a card but they all just go away when they get, get conservative. We see with the Texans. Honestly, Nico Collins has played great. They have no weapons. It's CJ Stroud and himself. And they they've turned those receivers to looking like pro bowlers. So Lonek. Like Noah Brown's had multiple 100-yard games this season. Noah Brown, the man who we saw play volleyball against the Jags, have over 100 yards multiple times. We we can never do that. <laughs> he had a 200-yard game, actually, if I recall. Uh, Mike, well, what about you? McCarthy's gone. Who would be your ideal replacement? They, uh, they, they already said the word is out that they won't hire a first-year head coach. Mm-hmm. So my guy would be Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator from Detroit, but they're not going to hire him because he's not a first time. They want to retread, even though it didn't work. It hasn't worked for a while. You know, they're not into going and getting innovative. Like my guy would be somebody who can be innovative in the run game. You know what I mean? Like I, I trust my quarterback to do enough in the past game. I need somebody that can innovate in the run game because that's, you know, where what the Joneses like to do. And we're, we're, we have a lot of our core on the defensive end with Micah, Diggs, um, uh, Wilson's going to be here a while. Osa has another year or two, another year, I think. He'll probably be re-signed though. So like a lot of our, our, our guys going forward are defensive staples and, you know, I'd like to get some offensive innovation, but if they want, uh, uh, you know, the retread, the old head coaches, um, I seen Belichick still a great defensive mind. I understand if they bring him in. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what they are. They going to bring back um, Josh McDaniels as the play caller? I guess that doesn't excite me. God, I hope not, dude. He's a terrible players coach, man. Players hate him. I hope he does not get here. Yeah, and then um, Vrabel, the light, you know who they're, he's likely to bring. I mean, let's be honest about it. Arthur Smith's coming. If it's Vrabel, you're going to get Arthur Smith. I was going to ask, how would you feel about uh, Vrabel and Arthur Smith? I mean, Arthur Smith might not be a good head coach, but, and I know, you know, his play calling was, was suspect, but I'd be, in, I could be kind of, I don't know, I guess I could buy into that for one year. I'd be intrigued enough to see it want for one year. If you want Schoonmaker to pop off, if you want your tight end two to pop off, Arthur Smith Jaylen is Tolbert your guy. <laughs> Jalen Tolbert. Battle. <laughs> I don't. I, I honestly, I don't know. 
maybe his quarterback was off, but like he didn't play B. John Robinson. They drafted him in the top 10. They didn't really play him. They didn't attack with Diggs. I don't feel like he used Drake London, right? Like Drake London's a big ass dude with a lot of speed and a lot of talent. I just, just don't feel like. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, Mike. No, no, no. no, no. no please. I was going to say Arthur Smith's deal was, I feel like he just always tried to be the smartest guy in the room. You know what I mean? And I, I hate that. Yeah. I don't know. Nothing, nothing really excites me, but I don't see how you come back with Mike McCarthy. And, and you all know of this show, I'm the Mike McCarthy guy of us three. I don't even. That's not I true. Even, I don't. I don't even dislike McCarthy really. Like if he came back, but I don't know how you sell that. Like okay, how, what about McCarthy? What about McCarthy, Vrabel, and Eric Bieniemy? How do you? Why would Wait, Vrabel what? do that? And why would I and mean, then, and but hey, think about it. He, he gets to be a DC. Place, no, just hear me out though. He gets to come be a DC, get all that prime time, um, all that all that work on prime time, build his resume, and then get another head coach opportunity. Be the head he coach. already is a a a head coach candidate for four or five teams. Like he he's gonna get a, a head coaching job if he's coming here. It's to be head coach. And um, Mike McCarthy's not bringing in another offensive coordinator. If he stays, he's calling the plays again. He wants to build on on what him and Dak were able to do during the regular season, even though it fell apart. All right. Well, how would you feel about Rabel and the enemy? I don't love it. I don't love it. I, I just interesting. The enemy doesn't run that much, which is. Not a bad thing, but man, he gets his quarterback killed. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Um, I would like the enemy to get in people's faces. I I would like that, like an ass. But I just wish they give like a Ben Johnson or a Slownick, a, a a younger, innovative guy, a shot at it. But yeah, unlikely. You know, another thing that we've talked about on this show with Dallas about, you know, not having that championship mindset, wanting to see that mentality and that mindset. Brendan, how, how much of this loss can be blamed on Dallas not having the right mindset on Sunday? Oh, uh, a lot. They didn't They didn't try. Like, they didn't come to play. Yeah. Like, like I was saying earlier, it's the, they're playing this – they're doing vanilla on both offense and defense. They, Dan Quinn I, – I forgot what they showed on ESPN, but, like, he had 60 Bs out for, like, 48 out of the 54 plays like they ran they ran the ball or whatever which Dan Quinn has never done all year but you know what the team that runs the ball the most what's you know what we're gonna do put smaller guys out there we already have smaller linebackers let's put another DB like it's just it's stupid like they act like they were better than everybody and you got your butt kicked at home like they I I don't know what they're trying to who they're trying to fool who they're trying to get this game shows what coaching does for your team you can have all the talent. We had nine all pros. You're gonna get your ass kicked. It happens. Well, Thor took it personally, man. Like the way we were playing, he just took it too. It's like he he had a chip on his shoulder heading into this week, and then the way we were playing, he like really truly wanted to embarrass us. I, I would. You were successful. <laughs> I would. Absolutely, yeah. Mike, what about you? How, how much of this uh, loss can be blamed on mindset mentality? Yeah, pretty much all of it. Um, minus Demarcus Lawrence, I don't know of another player that made a play in the first 
quarter, maybe quarter and a half minimum, where you were like, he's here to play football. Yeah. Tank did twice on the first drive. And, you know, you, you couldn't get to him on third down to get off the field. And eventually they drove down, scored, and it seemed like nobody else came to play until Jake Ferguson woke up and, and was that guy in the second half. He uh, he at least tried. You know, he at least came to play to, to do all he could. Yeah. So, you know, talking about the defense, man, has our defense peaked with Dan Quinn, Mike? Yeah, last year. Mm. It was better last year than it was this year. So, yeah, it peaked last year. Um, and I think, you know, injuries hurt it this year. Don't get me wrong. It could have probably been better if they had Diggs, LVE, and Hankins healthy all season. But, you know, I'm not going to blame health. You you went in, in training camp, you had 11 starters, 12, 13 to 15 guys on offense you were going to play with. Every one of them was healthy. On defense, LVE and Diggs were the only two that were out. That's impossible in, in NFL season. That That's unheard of. And you still got the doors blown off of you. So I'm not blaming injuries. You've had three years in the same defense. About halfway through last year, you peaked, and then it kind of – they wore down to end the year, and then it came back, and then injuries and everything. And by the end of the year, they, they weren't great. What about you, Brennan? Do you think we peaked under Dan Quinn? Oh, yeah. They do the same every year. Do you begin the year? Dude, this defense is legit. Like, hey, we're here. This could be this could be a top five. Like, dude, this will carry us a little bit. And then they slowed down tremendously. Did they play good against the against Washington? Yes. But guess what? Every decent defense did. So like that's not like, oh, yeah, let's go. We're going in the playoffs hype. Like they played against a really awful Washington offense. And that's what it shows. And then you play, but you just do what you do, and you get blown up against better teams. It's like seeing a kid fighting like a midget. I'm sorry, a little person, and they're just fighting, and they're just beating the crap out of them. And then a bit normal person came up next, and it's got the crap beaten out of them. It's like a little train. Don't <laughs> yeah. don't get us kicked off the air, please, Brendan. I know. <laughs> I saw. I I, ca- I caught myself. I'm sorry. You knocked us out of the playoffs already. There's no need to <laughs> knock us off the air. All right, Brendan, I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with this, but, you know, you seem to hate majority of this coaching staff. But outside of the defensive coordinator, do we really need to make any other major changes? Mindset. So, yeah, head coach. Mm. Like, it, it's the same thing. Like I said, every big game, you go conservative. Like, we we complain the same. Like, McCarthy, like we've said this, McCarthy is a better head coach than Garrett. He is. I will never disagree with anybody. But it's the same complaints we had with Garrett. Is conservative play style. We're playing to not lose. If we win by one point, let's go. We, we can we, we get a safety on defense. We're praying to God we hold them to no points. And we're just like, please don't do anything. We won't do anything either. Just don't do anything to hurt us. And that's what happens. Every big game we've talked about. This offense went back to before the bye week. We were talking like, oh, McCarthy's being innovative. He's doing all this stuff like, wow, he's getting CD laying the ball. He's finding what I watched hitch route after hitch route to trying to get the offense back in style. Like, stop. That's how we lost to San Fran, and that's how Dak threw his interception against San Fran last year and then almost threw another one when Michael Gallup just didn't try. It's it's just vanilla. Like, you're in the playoffs now, dude. You fought your, you fought to get here. Time to pull out your best stuff to win and go to the Super Bowl. Nah, we're just going to do whatever. 
uh, we we think we're better, and that's what happens. Mike, what about you? What any major changes outside of defensive coordinator for you? Yeah, I think um, I think the the difference between Garrett and McCarthy is Garrett. Every game we were like, dude, do something innovative, and McCarthy yeah. is like that in the big games. It seems like in the lesser games he he shows a little bit more, you know. But then when it comes to the big games, the starts of those games, especially vanilla. I mean, it's it's bad. Um, so I would say offensive innovation is what we need, and and especially in the run game. The whole run halfback dive up the middle, like it's frustratingly old and terrible, especially when you know your middle doesn't move people like that. Even Zach Martin, who's elite, the best of the best, he's not a mover. He doesn't push people back, let alone having Tyler Biotis there. So, I mean, Tyler Smith has it. He's a move guy, and he will be if he stays at guard going forward. But you you need offensive innovation. Um, you need some O-line help. Uh, and, and you need run game offensive innovation especially. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but – Mike, is it, is it a lack of discipline or great scheming and play design that gives our defense issues with, with these new age offenses? It's the scheming causes the lack of discipline. The, 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 defensive, the offensive coordinators know that the defense will have problems if they motion, if they make yeah. the, the linebackers move their eyes, if they, um, you know, if they use cutback lanes when, uh, when Dallas was in stunts back in the day. And then they got rid of the stunts and they said, okay, we'll just make, bring a guy across the formation and get the linebackers worrying about where, which way the ball is going to go, movement. So I think it's uh, offensive innovation causes our lack of discipline. Brennan, anything to add to that? I, I feel like I've said, like I said this way early on in the podcast, like weeks ago, but I feel like the D line, they want their own set. Like they're just going after the big play. They want to be the ones flexing and like popping off behind the backfield. And all that, and it shows like they're not filling their gaps. The linebackers are already clueless, like they're already they're already lost. And and then you'll see someone hitting the B gap when they should be hitting the C gap. You'll see them holding the edge when they cut inside. Is this? They all want the big play, and it never happens. They all want for each other. So I'm not saying like they're all like selfish or anything, but they all want to be the person to get the big play. Yeah. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. I mean, with, with all of our pending free agents and the upcoming big money contracts for Micah, CD, and Dak, are we closer to a rebuild or reloading, in your opinion, Brendan? It all depends what, what you do, head coach. We're doing a veteran, so I guess I would just say reloading. But, like, the big, there's there's some major contracts they're going to have to come up with. And then, like, I, I, I love Mike speaks really well, but when he's talking about what they would do if we didn't pay Jack and let that 60 mil, that hurt my soul. Talking about trading tank, not going, uh, not resign. I would like to resign Jordan Lewis now. I'm sorry, I've been his biggest hater, but then he showed up. Like I, that's how things change throughout the year. But like, it's uh, it's a reload, but it's I feel like it's getting closer to a rebuild. If his next coach doesn't do anything in the next two to three years, it, everybody's gonna be old now. We're gonna have the old team. Your old line's already fading. Besides Tyler Smith, I I don't know what you're gonna do. I, I feel like it's about to be Madden in this. Yeah, Mike, are we closer to rebuilding or reloading in your eyes? I think they'll reload for the next two years. 
I think by the end of 2025, if they haven't seen an NFC championship or done nothing big, I think it'll it'll start to tumble into the the rebuild. Yeah, the, the dark ages. Yeah, well, Tyron's going to be gone soon. Zach's going to be gone soon. Dak would be 32 by that point and have probably a couple of years left. There'd probably be a way out of his deal um, yeah. by that time, and they can start, you know, reworking stuff. So, you know, I know Sunday's performance, but of course there's a batation in your mouth and you feel like none of these players are really worth having around. But just for this exercise, you know, you're looking at the Cowboys team – Outside of Dak, Lamb, Tyler Smith, Trayvon Diggs, Deron Bland, and Micah Parsons, are there any players that we can build outside of? Let's get let's do one offensive player, one defensive player, Mike. Well, I'm, I know who who Brendan's going to say offensively. No, no, you don't. Yeah, so I'm going to go with TJ Bass. He looked like a player. I think he's Whoa. a starting guard or center. Um, putting him next to Tyler Smith could be really nice. So offensively, yeah. I'm going to go with Bass. That's a fun answer. That's a I really thought about answer. saying him, um, but the, the answer is for some reason. The it's answer Ferguson, is who but. Brendan's going to say is the answer yeah. for sure is the answer. But I knew that was coming, so I was like, "Well, let me give some love to Bass because I think he's a starting offensive lineman." And that if you're getting a starting quality offensive lineman, I'm not saying he's an All Pro. But he's an improvement over Beata. She's not a weak point in your offensive line. That yeah. you build with that. That's good. And the thing about the guy that Brendan's going to say is, it's not so much skill set, which of course he has, but it's it's mindset and mentality that that you you know you want on your team. So even Brendan, more uh, than his talent by a mile yeah. is yeah. what he did to finish that game. Go ahead and say him, Brendan. Go. For oh, it. it's Jake Ferguson, number eighty-seven, <laughs> baby. It's yes, not easy. Yes, You're maker. Oh, my bad. I, I know. I know. No, dude, Jake Ferguson, like, when you, like, I honestly, I, like, once we lost Witten or once Witten Witt, was getting old, I'm like, are tight ends really that valuable? Like, I'm like, honestly, here. Then we went into the Jeff Swain era for, like, a year or two, and then we went to uh, Jarwin or, or who the crap, uh, the Oklahoma State, I come, Blake Jarwin, yeah. Schultz, right. Jarwin. Yeah. And so I was like, but do they really matter? I'm like, it, they could be a little help to have you seen he's moved the chains every every time. Um it was Washington. Every catch he had was a first down. He knows way to get shoot. He his hurdles are phenomenal. Uh always get hyped and scream anytime. He knows how to high point the ball. He knows how to get in people's faces. People hit Dak. One of the first people over there is Jake Ferguson, because you don't mess with him. Like Jake Ferguson will throw you on the ground. We saw what Jamal Adams done. We saw what Kevin Byard got thrown during the Philly game at Philly by Jake Ferguson. Like that mentality he has is awesome. And then he brings it. He he uh, talks to talk and walks a walk on the field. It's just beautiful. That I Absolutely. just think about the like Dak playing like regular season. I know what happened in the Green Bay game. They they shit the bed, and it's hard to look past that to get excited. But if they were to keep Cooks, CeeDee Lamb, Jake Ferguson, draft an offensive lineman, bring Tyron back, and be able to, you know, build up that O-line, Luke in his second year, and say what you want. He wasn't a factor in the passing game, but he was a good blocker, which you love out of a tight end too. Sucks that he was a second-round pick and not like a fourth or fifth-round pick. But that combo, Stevens coming back off of his ACL – 
Like their offense could be really potent if they, if they, you know, and imagine they draft a wide receiver because they know Cooks is going. So imagine they draft a wide receiver in the first or second round, like second round, say second round. I know first you have CD lamb. You're not going to get a first runner, but like, man, that there, that offense could be nasty because Jake and lamb and, and are just going to be disgusting players to have to guard next year. Absolutely. All right, Brennan, give us your defensive player that Dallas can build around. Um, y'all talked about him earlier. I, uh, uh, something list. I like Osa. Like, I think he really has made some really great splash plays. Has he done everything? But no, whenever Hankins is out or anything, half the time Osa is at, at the one tech, which I'm like, why? Why are we here? Why are we doing this? But he'll make some splash plays against the run game, but him as a three tech, he's been nasty. Of course, they, all the tension is going to Micah and D-Law, but he does his job good. It's if you give him an actual no sack, will it will stay on the field, aka let the first round pick eat food, then like we'll be good. Yeah, don't don't put that guy on a diet. Mike, I have a feeling I know who your answer is gonna be, but give it to us. Who's your defensive player we can build around? Who who do you think it's gonna be? Mozzie. Say it. Mozzie who? Smith. Mozzie Smith. It's not. It's not Mozzie. Wow. Uh, it is somebody from that draft class. Before the draft, I had one player that I said could end up being the best defensive player in the draft. Nobody had drafted him. This isn't Homer. This isn't any. This is you could go back before the draft happened, and I could show you the article I did on this player. And I said, I know he's going to be a day two pick. I get it. But when this, when everything's said and done in eight years or whatever, people could look back and go, that's the best player from that that draft, that defensive player, DeMarvion Overshone. And I know he's coming off an injury. I know it's probably going to take a year. The kid, he, he's going to be good, man. I'm telling you, he's going to be special good. He's going to be the type of good where everyone else is freaking out about getting a linebacker. And I'm like, I'll get one in, in third to fifth round again. I'm good. I, I'm, I'm going with Overshone. Um, uh, Bell and Wilson will probably rotate in, even with the new DC at linebacker with Hooker. That'll be the three safety combo now. Curse is likely gone, and um, and then you bring in a rookie and you work with him and Clark to see who plays better. I think Overshone is going to be one of those dudes, and 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 if he gets a Belichick, if he, I'm not saying I want Belichick. But if he gets a mind like Belichick, dude, Belichick lost three games this year where he didn't allow 10 points. He didn't allow 10 points and lost the three games. That's impossible. That will, I promise you, that will never happen if Dak Prescott is a quarterback. No matter how much we think he sucks or how bad he plays, or uh, if the defense holds them under 10 points, Dak will beat anybody. That I will tell you. Not gonna because I don't want him getting injured because I said the healthy thing. <laughs> yeah. But overshown, that's my guy. Well, how would you feel about this if we rolled out overshown, Clark, and Micah as our three linebackers? What, what would your thoughts be? I would think Mike is not really gonna be a linebacker. He's gonna be a designated pass rusher. And but I'm still, gonna think just, that just with the with the label. That's a Belichick Vrabel defense, and I don't mind him there because what will happen is overshown not as well but can do those things. And Clark, 
not as well as either of the other two, but has the speed to rush too. So it gives you the ability to make a defense have to worry where the blitz is going to come from. You know, everybody's going to point towards Parsons especially. So while everybody's shifting over there, you hit him with Overshone coming on the opposite side, you know, while everybody's sliding to Parsons. And it's it could be a scary three linebackers. I still think they need a a thumper. But thumpers mm-hmm. you can get in the third, fourth, and fifth round because people are worried they can't cover. You know, could you see could you see Wanye being a thumper linebacker? No, Wanye, I want him to play, but the problem we have is Hooker and Wilson are signed up, and it's very unlikely the next DC does as much three safety work. So mm-hmm. trying to work in Wanye Thomas and and Marquise Bell is something where it might be uh, uh, Hooker not making the team would be the result of that, which I could oh, see, wow. especially if they if they do the Dak thing where they only want one year. I could see mm-hmm. him going, put Wanye back there or put Bell back there. We're going to go cheap. Defensive coordinator, teach the guy how to play free safety. Interesting. What, what would your thoughts be? I'm seeing Michael play a little bit more linebacker. Brendan? I, I, it all depends, it all depends on what down is it and all that. Seeing him go into coverage on third down against the Packers made me almost, like, lose it. Like, I was like, why would you ever do this? But I'm all for – I saw this from Jay Tuck t- uh, earlier today. I'm actually all for Bring me a 3-4 defense with this team. Give me that. You have like like y'all are saying. You have no idea where the blitz is coming from. Well, I could go out in coverage. That's a normal three four look. You'll never know, and it would be beautiful. The three four D line would be nice too because you would start it off with probably say Hankins, Tank, and Osa. Um, that's a that's a nasty three four D line, and then you could pair Micah Parsons with Sam Williams on the outside. You can move over shown over there occasionally. Um, and then you have you have like Golston would be a good three four defensive end. Mozzie could play nose tackle replacement for Hankins or three four defensive end. Um, and then in the middle, it helps protect uh your guys, you know, your your linebackers three four. You typically play the run better at at D line because it's like a five man with the three D linemen and the two outside linebackers. So it'll help free up uh, Clark and Overshone to, to run around and make plays. I don't hate that at all. How would that, I mean, would that be a good compliment to our secondary with Diggs and Bland? Yeah, because you could blitz. And if, yeah. if I mean, look at Diggs, what Diggs, what do Diggs and Bland do? They guard and they, they make turnovers. So yeah, I, I, a three-four honestly makes a lot of sense for uh, for this defense. And the thing about it is, you play nickel most of the time anyway. So you you know a lot of times when it gets to third and eight, you're not running a three-four anyway. You're bringing you're standing a bunch of guys up at the line with one defensive lineman, making them think who's coming, who's going, this that, and then you got Diggs and Bland on the outside now. The question is, do you bring back Lewis or what do you do at, at nickel? That That's still the question mark at that point. Yeah. All right, so as of today, right now, heading into the offseason, Brendan, what is Dallas's biggest need? It's it's head coach. I, 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 need hmm. a philosoph- I need a philosophy change. We've 12 and 5 is great regular season, 
But if the same thing keeps happening in the postseason, besides beating t- the breaks off Tampa, that was a phenomenal win. I will give all the credit. But everything in, in, in big games have happened. Like I've been preaching that all, all podcasts. I I need I need change. You can't keep going rolling in. Mike said a lot. Who's who's gonna buy into that? I'm not. Mike, how about you? Heading into the offseason, what is Dallas' biggest need? Offensive, offensive line. line. I I, gotcha. I need better offensive line play. Even if that even if that means steals better after a year, and they go out and improve the center position, and that's your sure. that that still would be amazing. Yeah. All right, here we are with your views from the sidelines, Mike. It's going to be a you know four parter here. Uh, let's start off with number one. Uh, Greg Olson mentioned that the Packers defense would show one look pre-step and switch to something different post-snap. How common is that, and is that something that they have done all season? It's very common when you play Dak. When the better teams play Dak, they do that often. Um, it wasn't. It's not something Green Bay did a lot, uh, but they obviously they knew like this is what we're going to try to do against uh, against Dak. Um, it is common for a lot like. A lot of teams do that. Belichick will do that. Uh, uh, Raheem Morris will do that. Um, uh, Leslie Frazier, who I think has gone now, but he was somebody that did that a lot. So uh, Flores, Brian Flores will do that often. So, yeah, it, it's something that happens quite a bit now. It's a new, newer thing, but uh, it happens to Dak a lot. It's one of his – I'm not going to say weak – at it, but if you're gonna get him, that's one of the things is fooling him post snap. So, I mean, is that that's one thing that Dak still needs to show improvement with is, is kind of reading those defenses? Yeah, the the sometimes he'll get locked in on what he thinks he sees post pre snap because he's so great pre snap. Um, but he'll um he'll get locked into that and miss that it changes because he's looking, you know, okay, it's this, this is where I'm gonna go. Then it's the pick six. It's a cover four. I can go right here underneath. Easy play. They switched to cover three, and the safety ran right into it. Yeah, so earlier you talked a little bit about why the defense couldn't get any pressure on Lusso, and we'll move on from that. But uh, number three here, was it McCarthy's offensive game game plan or Green Bay's defense that led to the offense's poor performance? Game plan for sure. Just too many, too many run, run early, run, run pass. Dak has to scramble. Second down runs. The second down runs were worthless. They were pointless. They were awful all game. So yeah, that the 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 issue was was the play calling for sure. All right, number four here. This was uh, I found interesting, but Jane Slater mentioned that a player expressed concern that Dak panics when his first reason read when his first read isn't there. During your evaluations this season, would you say Dak is a one read quarterback? That's one of the listen. I'm not y'all. Y'all should know from me. I'm the guy that got killed because I had Hurts above Dak to start the year. Dak was my seventh highest quarterback. I don't blow smoke up their ass about Dak. I don't care if they don't re-sign Dak. Dak's. I love him as a player. I hope we win a Super Bowl. But at this point, I can't go into it and go, "Oh yeah, no, you got to keep him." This not. He was all pro. He's the third best when going past their their first read he's the third best quarterback statistically in the league they have stats for this he's great after he's not average or okay or deep he's great to elite after his first read he's great at it 
There's a reason he doesn't get too mobile. He knows he can sit. Boom, boom, boom. He's awesome at his... Michael Gallup had six catches for 100-something yards. Do you think Michael Gallup was the first read ever on any play ever the whole game? No, he wasn't. It, it, it's it was and that's why she got killed for it because you could say a lot he gets off the bad starts he gets too amped and, and isn't doesn't make precise throws as well early in games throws interceptions uh, when he's fooled by uh, by reed's uh post snap all true to say he's a one that's that's be i'm not killing this kid he was all pro last year he was awesome jalen hurts a one read quarterback you literally tell him his read before the hey, if they're lined up like this, this is your throw. The, the reason the throw was to, a, to AJ Brown, that one play, and the guy was wide open over the middle, is because the coaches told him if this is the look we get, we throw it up. AJ Brown gets a chance one on one. Maybe we get a pass interference. Sirianni literally said that we're looking to get a pass interference penalty. So. That's a one-read quarterback. He's also young. I expect him to get better at second reads in different offenses where you're asked to do that more. It's not that I don't think he could do that. For people thinking I'm hating on him, the kid's been awesome. He's gotten better. Uh, you know, he got worse this year, but that could be due to injury. Like, I don't want to shit on Hurts, but he's a one-read quarterback now because that's kind of what the offense asks you to do. Dak is the first, He wasn't a one-read quarterback early. They taught him, hey, you can't run. Garrett and Linehan were like – we have a great offensive line. Sit here and go through your reads. And that's why he was so good going through reads as a rookie year. And that's why they gave him no receivers the second year. Is they were like, well, this guy's just going to go through his reads and find the open guy. Yeah, but none of your receivers got open. And they had to go out and get Amari Cooper. He's always been a – and give credit to Linehan and Garrett for this thing. They mm-hmm. told him, your offensive line's great. Work on your reads. That's what you need to do in your rookie year. And he was great on, he was great at third downs. why he won rookie of the year. And he's always been great on third downs uh, or uh, 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 making reads past the first read. Third best this year. So that, that was dumb. I don't know who said it, but they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. I didn't understand that either. Cause I mean, there's several games where Dax had a receiver, you know, six, seven, eight different receivers catch a ball. And you're like, man, that's just, you know, that that's not unheard of, but not a lot of quarterbacks are doing that. So that was one thing I didn't understand. Like we're, where that came from, I, I imagine that was just a player expressing frustration or, I don't know, Jane Slater doesn't strike me as somebody who just makes things up or says things and says my source, you know, said this, but I don't know. I found that strange. I think I think what the player meant to say is sometimes Dak will see something pre-snap and stick with it even if the post-snap shows something Changes, else. Yeah. And I think they mistook that with he's a one-read quarterback. I think he – he, it was somebody that didn't – like probably a defensive player that was like he sees one read and then he's just going to go to it no matter what, even if it's changed up. And he thought that meant a one-read quarterback, but it really wasn't what he meant. I got you. All right, here we are with Brendan's bashing. Brendan, which, which player, coach, coordinator is uh, getting sent to the Dallas Renegades, sir? All right, well, I've talked enough of McCarthy. I really have. So like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done on that one. I got nothing. But uh, Dan Quinn deserves so much blame for this game. It, he truly does. I, okay, of course, you, with, I know Dak threw a pick six. I know that's added points. Dallas has never given up 48 points at home in a playoff game, 
ever in franchise history. And you let that happen to a seven seed. I Like I said, the Packers played great. LaFleur called an awesome game. Jordan Love played almost one of the perfect playoff games, honestly, you'll watch. I hate saying that makes me want to throw up, but it happens. You scheme terribly. Your, core, your entire DBs – I saw Stephon Gilmore get beat by a tight end. I get it, bigger bodies, you can wall off people. You have the former defensive player of the year getting beat up by a backup tight end. Like, what are we doing here? We talked about it earlier. No pass rush. Biker got held sometimes. Like, I was able to say, like, he legit got held in the back. But other than that, nothing. I can't say, like, Michael was over here trying his best. No. He talks more on his podcast than he did trying to play the game Sunday, man. Like, I love Micah. He's a beast, all pro, everything. But it was awful. Deron Bland was getting beat left and right. Your safeties didn't know where to go. Your linebackers were lost. Besides, like, the first couple of plays on the first drive, they were they were gone. It, it was so funny to watch. Oh, it's, I, it was like I'm laughing through the pain. But, like, it's, it was just so sad. But guess what? When your entire defense or entire side of the ball shits the bed, it's the coach's fault. And that lines up with Dan Quinn. Everybody's talking about – I've said he's a mastermind. And I've eaten my words, man. And it's come back to bite me so hard. And biggest games, your defense chokes. Like they have all year and previous years. Yeah. All right, true or false? The Packers coaching staff called a perfect game against the Cowboys, Mike. False. It wasn't mm. perfect, but uh, but it kicked our ass. They, uh, they had mistakes in there, but we just we couldn't we couldn't do anything. So it it you know. Brendan, true or false? I say it's true. Like, of course, everything was perfect. But for what Dallas was giving them, they're okay, cool. We know what to do, and they yeah. ran with it. That's that's why that's the biggest thing. Absolutely, it's true. True for me as well. All right, one word, Brendan. The Green Bay Packers having more playoff wins at AT and T Stadium is blank. Embarrassing. <laughs> like, dude, you're you're a home team. You don't even play Packers every time. We've lost to San Fran. <laughs> the Packers have more playoff wins than us. Crazy man, Mike. How about you? Unsurprising, just yeah. because they had the better coach with McCarthy before and Aaron Rodgers, the better QB. Um, so I, I mean, it's just a. I guess that we haven't gotten more versus other teams, but I'm not surprised they they beat us more than we beat them there because Rodgers McCarthy. This is the first one where I was like, damn, that's crazy. That's, that's shocking. My word is fitting, man. Just when you think about how long you've been a Cowboys fans, all the collapses, all just the embarrassing losses, all the heartbreaks, it just it seems fitting, man, as a Cowboys fan for, for this to be a stat, for this to be a thing. It's it just really, I mean, this is like your Cowboys history right here for sure. That's fair. That's fair. It was, when we beat Brady, it felt like that, like, all right, we beat Brady, now we get Green Bay this year. Nope. Yeah. All right, top five. As we're heading into the offseason, guys, uh, things we're most looking forward to during the offseason. Mike, give us number five. The offseason podcast. Uh, Paul always <laughs> puts together good uh, guests. We do draft stuff. We do um, fixing the Cowboys with who you want to bring back and get rid of and, and you know, all that stuff. So it's always fun to come on and, and see other Cowboys fans from Twitter that we talk to and everything come on and give us their ideas and um, Cowboys beef where they get pissed. Like, you know, Cowboys beef's going to be hot this, mm. this off season. So yeah, I'm excited for that. 
Brennan, how about you, number five on your list? I've honestly, I didn't even think about that because, of course, I didn't join in until midsummer. But that's awesome. I'm now, I'm now more pumped for that. I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. But I just went simple for my first one. Started baseball season. I'm of course a Rangers fan, so I got to ride the high. But also, I really want to go to opening day just to see the banner come down. Oh, so you're gonna oh, lose yes, opening day then? That's fine. I just want to see the banner. I don't care. It's over a hundred game season. <laughs> right, over 162 games. Okay, number five on my list, Mike. I guess maybe you took a peek at the show sheet here, but the pods off-season guest focused content is number five on my list as well. Look at that. That's always fun, man. It's exciting times. Definitely look forward to that, dude. The guests are always great. Love the conversations, love the different subject matter and everything. So I'm really excited for that this year. You uh, know, I didn't my- see your you know I didn't see your top five because I had a totally different I didn't even no, know, yeah, I know I got the subject wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm just messing around. Uh, number four on my list, not being stressed about the Cowboys and fantasy football. That's one thing, man, I'm looking forward to as the offseason approaches. It's, you know, getting that little mental break, not having to worry about your lineups, not having to worry about other oh, Cowboys going to win this game and this, all that, and then trying to figure out stuff to talk about on the pod and everything. Just having that that uh, peace of mind is, is something I'm looking forward to. Yep. Brendan, number four for you. Um, I had to put this just because, like, if y'all can tell my anger, I put McCarthy being fired. I, <laughs> you will see me celebrating on Twitter. Wow, uh, and, dancing and on the man's grave. I, he got paid millions of dollars. He's been here forever in the <laughs> NFL. I, I, I'm sorry. No worries. Mike, number four on your list. McCarthy got his Super Bowl in year five with Green Bay. Mm. <laughs> hey, I like that, man. <laughs> Cooking new dishes. So oh. a lot of times with me working the last, uh, the last what, almost three years, it's been hard to get home and have something innovative because it normally takes me a while. I'm pretty beat up. You know, I'm, I'm on disability. My legs are all jacked up. So it's hard to get home and prep. And even on a day off, you don't want to waste it, you know, doing stuff. But now that I, I don't have stuff every day, I can take the time, like, even if it takes two, three days. Like, I made a, I'm making seafood risotto. I did a seafood stock one day. And mm. so now, you know, and then I'll, I'll you know, I'll make the risotto. I'll make the whatever uh, seafood is going to go with it. You know, I'll have time to prep all the stuff to do that another day. And then finally cook it the third day. You know, I have time to do more innovative cooking. So I'm excited to do that. Use my suit. There you go. There you go. All right. Excuse me. Uh, Mike, number three on your list. Going and watching Denny play tennis. It's surprising how he made varsity in his first year and he had never played a match. He just got lessons. He had been taking lessons for years, but it was just one-on-one lessons. So he never actually played a game with someone. And he came in and he just murdered everyone on junior varsity um, he made the varsity team by the end. They ended up uh, winning the um, the championship for their you know area and everything. So I'm excited to go back out there and and watch him play. He's he's a good tennis player. I used to play tennis when I was younger than he was. So it's cool mm-hmm. to see him enjoying that and and doing good at that. Oh, very cool. All right, Brendan, number three on your list. That's awesome. I'm sorry, but that's really really awesome. Um, you get beat. <laughs> um. Mine is like I football consumes me. It does, and I do love it. But being able to think about what you can do to make the team better, I I said draft slash free agency. 
my mind goes haywire. It's thinking, like, oh, if we can sign this person, we'll that fill that guy. If we draft this person, we'll fill this. And so who can get in the later rounds is maybe make a spark. Like, it's just it's so much fun. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, number three on my list, watching the Mavericks and the Texas Rangers, man. I'm excited for that. Finally get to, you know, dedicate the time to, to watching Kyrie and Luca. And I can't wait to see the Rangers, man. Come come back after their winning their first ever World Series. It's gonna be a good season. I hate my I hate the Lakers right now, so I can't even get excited about that. Lakers and Mavs are playing, I think, tomorrow night, I believe. Enjoy that win. You'll probably be about <laughs> 18-point victory. That's about what we lose by nowadays. Ouch, man. All right, number two on my list. Uh, this is something I so addicting like you you can't just do one i mean I, there have been times I've, I've done three in a day i i was there were times like uh i believe after the 2020 season i was doing like two sometimes a day oh, like religiously mock drafting for the cowboys god I, I love it man love it love it love it I, you know i don't really want to think about the cowboys right now but mock drafting kind of reading about uh prospects and trying to learn about them that way is always fun for me and trying to build the cowboys is fun so that's one thing I'm looking forward to. Brendan, what about you? Number two on your list. Um, uh, it's going on my vacation with my family. Uh, we're going to mm. the Cayman. We're going to the Caymans in June. Oh, It'll be wow. chill just to be able to re- be able to relax. And honestly, it just sounds so stress free, which sounds phenomenal right now. <laughs> but that everything will be done. That'll just be great. Sounds amazing, sir. All right, Mike. Number two on your list. Number two on my list. You guys have both talked about football off season. So mock drafting, I scout for Cowboys Wire, so look out for that. People that watch, there'll be players coming. Um, But I'm going to scout for that. I'm going to look at free agents that are available that we won't pay for, how they fit, (laughs) who we should bring back, who we should let go, all that fun stuff. And then, of course, accumulating it. You know, uh, uh, the, the exclamation point is the actual draft. So. Yeah, that the football offseason always gets me excited. Yes, sir. All right, here we are, number one. Mike, number one on your list. If y'all don't know my number one, I don't Disneyland. Uh, yes. <laughs> food and wine. The food and wine trip is uh March 1st through March 5th. I'll be there the first day, so I'll buy whatever merch I want to get because I'll have all the stuff even in my size. I'll spend too much money. I'll eat a bunch of food from the food booths and it uh, it's gonna be pretty awesome. So yeah, number one, of course, is my food and wine Disneyland trip. Nice. All right, Brendan, number one on your list. Uh, my twenty first birthday. That's what I'm oh really really pumped about. That'll so, be cool. awesome. Yeah, Brendan's gonna have alcohol for the first time. First time ever, baby. <laughs> first time, first time ever. ever. Wine coolers and Zimas, baby. Let's do this. All right, number one on my list. Having a three-day weekend from April to August, I work at a uh, college and in, in the uh, cafeteria, pizza guy, and every summer we have Fridays off. So we'll, I'll have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. So I'm looking forward to those three-day weekends, man, like for a couple of months. That's exciting. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> you know the podcast is yes, coming sir. to an end. We start seeing his lap. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yep, sir. Every time. I have, a, I have to uh, – I have to – you know, get going. Unfortunately, I know I seen on the phone, there's something going on. So I'm like, God dang it. All right. Well, Buck, we'll get you out of here. Uh, I enjoyed the discussion, man. This definitely helped uh, ease the pain of that Cowboys loss. But before we get you out of here, where can we find you on X? Letter C, letter D, piglet guys. Nice and easy. Brendan, where can we block you? <laughs> you can block me at Brendan underscore Smith 26. 
<laughs> guys i'm paul ryan you can find me on x at paul underscore ryan 15 we appreciate you joining us and we'll see you guys next week y'all you can follow and then mute me i think that